Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Falcon and the Winter Soldier 30 Questions, a show where we ask 30 questions each week about an episode on Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Adam Portress, and joining me today, he's been working on his trash can shield for weeks, sweet Sean Zakovacs on the internet. I'm a fat guy with a trash can shield. <laughs> and if you think Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine is a mouthful, just wait until you meet Bruce Leslie. My mouth is full of green beans. Ooh. <laughs> there are only a few people that are really going to know where that came from, and uh, we love those people the most. Uh, here we go, boys. Another uh, 30 questions. Uh, episode 5, entitled Truth. Let's get this one going. Uh, was it just me, or did this episode seem to be a little all over the place? It's just you. I, I, f- I felt like this was a tight a tight time watching this, this episode. They have, they have so much ground that, that they have to cover and, and they're getting it done. I just don't know if they're going to reach the a conclusion with the next episode where we're all going to be like, man, they really nailed it. To me, this almost felt like uh, some of those Netflix episodes where they're tying a whole lot up in before they move into the next movement. Like, yes. like that's kind of how it felt to me. So maybe that's why I thought it was all over the place, Adam, because they're tying up a lot of loose ends to go into whatever the big finale is going to be. Maybe that's just me trying to guess how your mind works. Well, I mean, for example, let's just take the first you know, part of the show itself where we essentially get the rest of what happened last episode. It feels like the first, like, uh, I didn't time it, but we'll call it eight to ten minutes, all during that first fight sequence and everything. That should have all been in the last episode. I, I feel like we could have... I, I feel like that needed to be its own kind of ender there and everything. And then we stop there, and then it's like, okay, well, now the episode can officially get going again. This show opens with fight scenes all the time. and But not, not ones that are subsequent to the fights that we literally just walked out of. This takes place like two seconds after that fight. And that's, that's that what might- I don't like. That might be where some of the mild criticism of the fandom comes into play, where this feels like a movie that's chopped at arbitrary points. I don't feel that way, but maybe that's one of the things that would make people feel that way, because if this were a movie, then that just flows right into it. Right, and I haven't um, had that opinion until this week. This is the first and, time for me that where it's felt like the the end was fine on that episode, but once we come back to here, it feels like a continuation of exactly what we saw buttoned up and ended in that last scene of the previous episode. And I think this is the longest episode we've had so far. So maybe that's because it has a lot that it seems like it's all over the place because it has more than one focus in this episode. Yeah, I, we'll probably get into some of it, but it just uh, all of a sudden it just felt like we we just keep almost turning genres of stuff that we're watching, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Even within the the scenes themselves, where sometimes I was just like, "Oh, okay, I like this," and then like you know, two seconds later, it's like, "Oh, I hate it," or vice versa. I start hating it, and then I'm like, "No, nah, it's it's all right." I don't know. I was all over the map with this episode. <laughs> Let's go to question two. I feel like Bucky ought to be able to take out Walker 1v1. So how did Walker almost take out Bucky and Sam at the same time? Well, I agree with you. Bucky should be able to take him out. The the issue here, though, is uh, why they're fighting, right? So Bucky and Sam are just trying to stop him from continuing on. But he 
new cap feels like I, I need to keep going here. Like I, 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 I have a mission to do. Uh, this is why I'm here. I deserve to be here. And so he has a lot more riding on this fight than those two do. And at the I same also, time too, he may be, you know, more kind of fresh in on that take, you know, cause he's just put this stuff into his system. Right. So he's, and, he may have that kind of accelerated, like first burst of strength, I guess. And I don't know if maybe, maybe Sam was actually just getting in the way more than he was helping. Like I am definitely not a fighter, but I would imagine if I did have to fight somebody, I would do better by myself than me and like one of my kids trying to do it at the same time. Because then, <laughs> you know, like I'm trying to fight, but I'm also trying to protect them. And then I can't just focus on what's going on. Yeah. I look at my dog the same way. I'm like, if we get attacked, you're, you're not going to help me at all. I know this. You might, you might end up helping them somehow. <laughs> Strangely. He thinks the same thing when he looks at you. He's like, Oh, look, it's going to be fun. This will be fun. We'll just, we're both getting on top and mangling this guy. Sounds like a great time. I love my dog. I'm not like Bruce. I'm not like Bruce. I love my dog. Question, me too. question three. Three. As three middle-aged white guys, do you agree that we're probably the best people to be discussing the importance of this episode to a certain segment of the population? Oh, it's about well, time somebody section. starts hearing about Whitey. <laughs> I did a cross-section on most podcasts out there, and we do track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always... It's always tough because you like, and they made it a good point in this. You know, we don't necessarily see it from that angle because that's not something that we ourselves have had to uh, experience. But, and I, I think much like what the show's kind of telling us here is, yeah, we all be- definitely need to be, you know, made aware of what's going on and how to you know, better things. And I, I, I love that entire scene. I didn't think it was shot particularly well, but I love the whole scene, uh, you know, with the two of them sitting down and going through the history and everything. Mm. I'm just glad none of us are saying that uh, Johnny Walker is the most discriminated against character in this show because there are people that do that. <laughs> uh, there is there is one person on this show who I, I it wouldn't shock me if they started saying that. Yeah, Bruce, keep your opinions to yourselves. Number four. <laughs> Number four, the three-way fight in this episode was an echo of the fight that we got in Civil War. Who did it better? Oh, this is on. a tough. This is a tough question for me. What do you think, Bruce? I think Civil War. I'm on. The, the, well, emotionally, emotionally, there's a whole lot happening in that scene, yeah. for sure. And so for me, it's better. Uh, but you know, when you're asking a two-on-one fight, which one is better? To me, it's like a. It's like asking me, "Hey, what's your favorite Daredevil hallway fight?" <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> you true. Know what I mean? Very true. Like it's a, it's a tough like like physically I couldn't I couldn't tell you which which one is better but emotionally that one in Civil War holy cow you're you're not going to beat that one now a lot of CGI trickery notwithstanding there was something about the Civil War stuff where there were many times where they just kind of let that camera sit there they didn't move and do a whole bunch of edits with like there were plenty of edits in there do not get me wrong. But there are a couple of shots that are like last way longer than you would expect them to. It's obviously because of the, you know CGI shield and all that kind of stuff. But man, oh man, was there something about that was just and and Sean, you were right. The uh, the gravitude of what's going on uh, really makes makes that scene a lot bigger and better than than this and, one is because it doesn't quite connect as well. And just with my own like movie watching 
preferences. It's very rare. You can take out Robert Downey Jr. and replace him with uh, Wyatt Russell, and I'll prefer the Wyatt Russell version. <laughs> not, not, not anything against Wyatt Russell, you know, but come on. It's Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but then again, he was that, in weird science. But all all of that stuff was in uh, was just he's just a CGI Iron Man at that point. He's not even on set. <laughs> RDJ's back in his back in his room having a, man, a diet man, sprite. When his when his mask is off and he's on the ground, come on the yeah. the, the emotional pathos that's happening in that scene. I mean, it's it's amazing. Well, it's, yeah, I was strictly talking about the fight though. <laughs> I know what you were talking about. All right, we're all the same. What's question five? If you were writing Lamar's family's reaction, would you have written it differently? Well, for me, it would have been a wrap. <laughs> I feel like this speaks to what Lamar's family would be feeling right now. Here comes, here's it is a wrap for him. But one of those sad raps, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the slow beat. Tupac did a lot of those. But I think, yeah, it did seem rather weird. I, I don't know what it is that, it felt like they were almost more like, how are you taking it, Cap? Well, yeah, I feel like what we're supposed to be watching is step-by-step uh, step, Johnny Walker just totally breaking down. And imagine if Lamar's family would have, instead of saying, well, we're glad you got justice for him, would have said, it was your fault he was there in the first place. Yeah. Why did you do that to our family? doesn't matter how many people you kill, you won't bring our Lamar back. Yeah. And yeah. then just to see him really snapping – you know, I just think that would have flowed better for me agree. for what I think they're trying to do here. Totally agree. Totally 100% agree with you. Bruce. Because you walk out of that like that that family still thinks he's a really good guy. You know, yeah. that's the, at least that's the the vibe. Now, I just thought of this though. Maybe talking out of my ass here, but what if that's what he heard in his head? That makes sense. <laughs> okay, so now we're having a little unreliable narrator. Yeah, thing so like we're happening. exactly we're with him, and that's what he thinks that they're saying. And instead, they were actually saying, "You piece of garbage! Why is my son dead? Why did why 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 why?" Instead, it's just like you know, you were a good guy. <laughs> you know, once he walks out of the room, the mother and father look at each other and say, "Who was that guy? Why was he talking about some Lamar? Do you guys know a Lamar? Like he just went to the wrong house. <laughs> he got to the wrong family." <laughs> Be oh like he's even more racist than we thought. <laughs> We're making we are making so many friends right now with my stupid comment. Now that <laughs> this is going to be great. Question Yikes. six. I'm so I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you let it up with question number three there, Sean. <laughs> you set the table about I, should three mid middle aged white guys be. Talking I agree. About we should not be talking about the the plight of African Americans. We we have no room to speak because we haven't been there. So that's fine. But at the same time, you know, I, I think it's I think that kind of stuff is important to actually talk about and get out on the table. I mean, Malcolm X said it the best. Every, all sides should be able to sit down and be able to talk at each other and with each other and not worry about hurting the other person's uh, feelings. Oh, what a surprise! Adam thinks that his opinion should be heard on everything. What that was Ma that was Malcolm X saying that, not yeah. Adam. But okay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. I, All right. I, I, Six, Sean. <laughs> let's let's. This hole has been dug deep enough. Let us it move has. on. Malcolm X once said, "Someone had to think of and then uh, think of quoting." And then Bucky picks up New Cap, starts to swing him from the feet. Falcon flies into him, using both feet to kick him in the back. That was an actual scene that happened in this episode. 
Now, if you were given a hundred years and a thousand guesses each year, do you think you could have predicted that that was going to happen? Now, now here's how I'm feeling this going down. I think a lot of us have had a, a boss or a supervisor or someone that we have to pitch ideas to that defaults to no on the first one because they think your first idea is never your best. So you come up with something stupid and throw it out there so they can throw that out. Then you can tell them what you really want. Only this time, the first one passed the test and you're stuck <laughs> with it. Now I got to make this look cool. This is a daggone Flintstones moment. I, I feel like the only way that I could get like a one up on this was, would be to hire someone from, you know, WWF or something like that. Cause that's the only people that could come up with something that's this, uh, amazing actually is the word I'm going to use. Fight choreography by mankind. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty incredible. You know, I mean, he picks him up by the feet and swings him and Falcon <laughs> comes in and kicks him in the back with both it, feet. It is the kind of thing that would be in a comic book panel in 1988 though. Very true. Look, I love it. I'm not, I, I am not poo-pooing the kicking him in the back. I. It's just one of those things where it's like, holy hell. Wow. Somebody really, somebody said, okay, so this is the part where you're going to pick him up and you're going to swing him around by his feet. And then Falcon's going to come in and kick him in the back with both feet. It's, it's like, even like, it's, it's even bigger than that because we don't even think about the fact that like, okay, they, they choreographed that someone okayed that. And then they rehearsed right. it and then they okayed that. And then we CGI all this stuff. We shot it. We did all of these things and yeah, everyone still just goes, yes. <laughs> imagine the effects supervisor that has to make it happen. He looks at it, shakes his head and goes, your money. <laughs> 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 I mean, I can do it, but all right, fine. <laughs> Question seven. This one comes to us from Brian. I revisited Civil War where Spider-Man, an untrained boy, dispatches both Falcon and Winter Soldier with ease. He also makes the observation that Captain America's shield doesn't really does really does defy the law of physics. Damn it if it doesn't. Is John Walker's shield going to do the same? Does the skill of the shield fabrication come with the serum, or do you have to really learn that one in shop classes? That's from Brian from Rockland, New York. Okay, well, first of all, Brian, it is good to hear from me again. Yes. Bruce, go ahead. Spider-Man has spidey senses. Spider-Man's got a little leg up on him compared to John Walker. Leg up? So, What's wrong with you? Yeah, he's got seven legs up on him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I totally buy Spider-Man just naturally being, you know, he's in some people's head canon. He is the top of the heap in Marvel when it all comes down to it. So I could see him pulling that off. The shield fabrication... I, I don't I don't know, man. I think do, do you change the shield or does the shield change you? I think it's like He Man's sword. He says like by the power of uh, Steve Rogers, and then he turns into Captain America every morning. That kind of would be awesome if that's how like he got his super soldier serum. It was like in a uh, like in the shield itself that like pierced his skin, and that's how he got it. He just said Captain America real he loud. He was bitten by a radioactive shield. Perfect. And much like He-Man, whenever he raises that shield, his pink collared shirt comes off and he has a tan. <laughs> nice. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, Brian, is that I, I hear what you're saying with this, with Spider-Man being completely untrained. But one of the things that Russo's brother, Russo brothers spoke about with Civil War in particular is that Spider-Man is one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. And so the only thing that's really restricting him from being an Omega level threat is that he's a boy, he's a kid. 
And so he should be able to dispatch, you know, all of these people with relative ease with, with few exceptions. I mean, you know, Spider-Man ain't beating the Hulk except for through his wits. And so you have, you, you, that is one of the, that is one of the issues with Spider-Man when it comes to the movies is that you're starting to get into, if, if, if we continue with all these Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man is going to progressively get better and better at his job. And that means that he's going to have to have bigger and bigger threats, which means he's not, he's not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man anymore. He is now, you know, dealing with, blue light coming down from the sky. I mean, that's basically where he's going to end up if they keep continuing making movies with, on their current trajectory where he's, they're just going to keep making Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. I want to so correct one thing. Sometimes that blue light goes up, not just down. So Sometimes there, it does go there, up. There's, right. there's other, you know, it happens. We want to be And so the other thing, to, to, to speak to the other point with the shield, this is the first thing time I've watched this show where I've gone, well, that's, that's kind of dopey. Like who taught him how to make a shield one? Um, it takes a really long time to learn how to do that. Well, well which that's the up, thing. I don't know that he's going to be doing it. Well, judging by the, the, the welds and things that it looked like. Well, that, and that's, what I mean. that's exactly what I mean. And it's going to come up in a question later, but it's, it, you know, it's the first, and there's a lot. There's a lot of things that you know. You just have to shut off your brain on this show. Like I understand that, but this was a really egregious one to me. It's it's the same thing with to me. It's the same level of like, come on, man. Where Kong <laughs> dislocated his shoulder and snaps it back. Love it, <laughs> love it. I hate it. <laughs> Question eight, Bruce. Did uh, Walker get off easy? Oh, of course he did, but at the at the same time too, I loved it because it just seemed the most comic booky thing of like, hey, we know you're a real scumbag and everything. On account of you did a lot of nice stuff earlier, we're going to we're, we're just going to let you go home and you be you be a nice boy now. Well, he in, did in the- he did get off light, but the other part to this Bruce is that they are also wrong because they chose incorrectly, and so they yeah. want to kind of get past this as fast as humanly possible. Well, in the in the comic books, they made him fake his own death so that they didn't have to throw him in prison. But like like it was kind of a bit of that. They didn't want to imprison him for their mistake, but also he couldn't go free. So he had to like at the press conference where he was being fired, somebody pretended to kill him. And then he changed his name from Johnny Walker to Jack Daniels. Not lying. <laughs> but I, <Tito's>. I, I, <laughs> I think that was uh I thought that this whole scene right here was fantastic. And really, I think the time that we've seen Wyatt Russell or Wyatt Russell step up the most uh, in this series so far, uh, just a real fantastic job. And and I love how he put it right back on them. It's just like, yeah, okay, this is, this is what you created me. This is what you guys wanted. And you're right with the, uh, them kind of, taking the, their, you know, ha- washing their hands of him and going like, well, we didn't have nothing to do with that. Do you, uh, do you think he watched a few good men a few times before he did this scene? Oh boy, I hope so. You, you feel like I mean, if you're doing like a uh, a courtroom scene, there's only a couple of handful of films that you'll go to to be like, that's the vibe I need. Maybe I'm not doing that, but that's the vibe that I need. Christopher Guest is in that movie, and he's awesome in it. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine. Oh, Wyatt Russell almost went full caveman in this episode. Do you think we're going to see more crazy from the man? 
He wants to be like uh, the next generation's Nick Cage, I think. Okay, first oh, and good. foremost, Wyatt, let me tell you how you achieve that. I need you to make a lot of really bad investments, okay? <laughs> you need to spend money on like a, a, a stolen fossil that you give back and don't get your money back. <laughs> What's some dumb shit that you just go like, why would anybody buy that? I need you to buy a ton of those things. A pink leather jacket with a Superman patch on the back. Just, you a know. pyramid. <laughs> yes. The bones of some animal or something that was nearly extinct. Whatever. Whatever you can do, that's how you get into that Nick Cage uh, territory where eventually you need enough money to, you'll just do damn near anything. I think he's got like 10 or 15 movies or something right now that are in the hopper. Un- yeah, unbelievable. all for scale. Yeah, wow. I mean, like, look, it's it's what they can pay him for, it, and uh, but people will come. <laughs> Did you know that there was a Left Behind reboot where he played the Kirk Cameron role, and I'm not making that up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that's when you know you made it. <laughs> I'm taking over Kirk Cameron's role, bitches. I wonder what back. Kirk Cameron thinks of his performance. Oh uh, boy, I hope he got notes. I would have done better than that. I'm just saying. I'm I don't want it. I didn't want that role because I've already done it and I'm past it, but I wouldn't have done it like that. Well, first <laughs> of all, you're gotta have that vacant stare in your eyes where your smile doesn't hit your eyes even though you're constantly smiling (laughs) (laughs) yes hello darkness my old friend plays in the background oh he he only worked yeah let's go on 10 adam (laughs) 10 uh this one comes to us from cole cole writes isaiah bradley states that he is given he had excuse me let's start over isaiah bradley states that he was given all the missing letters and pictures by a nurse. Does this mean uh, any chance this was Peggy Carter? Uh, she was a field medic in World War II. That comes to us from Cole. I I don't think I don't think it was Peggy Carter. Not in this universe. But I do think whoever that nurse was will probably be significant. Um, because if he was back in the forties, I mean, it it makes sense. Yeah, you know, like forty nine to fifty one, somewhere in there. I I don't think it was Peggy Carter though, unless she was pretending to be a nurse. You know, the I've seen the Peggy Carter show. We've all seen the Peggy Carter yeah. show. That wasn't part of her trajectory in this MCU. Yeah, I figured but that's I what think, it was like an undercover. I think it would be an interesting way to introduce the character, not the actress of the same name, but the Marvel character of Linda Carter. Like not the Peggy ro- Carter. The okay, I'm trying to. Linda Who's Carter was the original night nurse. Oh, you know, okay. Claire Temple has kind of played the modern day uh, night nurse on Netflix, but it, it all started with a character named Linda Carter, which, you know, very confusing to Wonder Woman. Fans, yeah, you, but, I think everyone in here could see the look on Sean and I's face going like, wait a minute, what now? But and I'm not certain if Linda Carter is a relative of Peggy Carter or not, but she might be. Somebody need to be named Johnson or something. I don't know. I, I I I wish that was right, Cole. To be honest with you, I, I I would love for that that to be the case, but there's it's it's a little too, and I, I've said this before, it's a little too Stanley, you know, like it's too connected. It makes the universe smaller. Well, no, I was going to say it, like maybe Steve knew somehow, but like I think that muddies up the narrative. I don't think that helps it. Well, yeah. you know, one of the things about Steve is that the, the really the only thing that he doesn't that that he's pretty pretty bad about is that he kind of figured out that that Winter Soldier killed Tony's parents and he never and he never admits this to Tony. 
And so one of the things I've seen on the internet that, that I think makes perfect sense is, you know, the first time Steve tries to lift Thor's hammer, he isn't able to do it because of that moment. But after all of that comes out in the wash and apologies are made and all of the, these things, he's now able to lift the hammer. And I, and I love that. I love that thought. I think it's a, I think it's a, a really smart, cool way for that to happen. Okay. Now I, I've heard uh, another one and I like that. I like that a lot, but another one that I've heard, uh, that, that also kind of, it still informs character. Maybe it's not as heartfelt as that one. Uh, but the first time that he was, uh, you know, attempting to pick up the hammer and everything, he could have done it, but faked it. Mm-hmm. I've heard that one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not as, uh, you know, as meaningful as the other one is, but it's out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Big faker. <laughs> the kind of guy who would fake not being able to pick up Mjolnir isn't worthy to pick up Mjolnir. How about that? <laughs> no, oh, I know. Yes. Okay. All right. Because he needed, if he did not do that, if he picked it up right away, it would have destroyed Thor's, you know, uh, dreams and everything right out the way. So him actually doing that was an act of kindness in his heart because without that, Thor would not have realized that he was indeed worthy. Thank you. Okay. Number 11. <laughs> Uh, is it just the dad in me that made me frown and shake my head while Sam was practicing with the shield? And I kept thinking he's going to lose that in the water and then cry about it. <laughs> it's it's very- definitely the dad in you. The and then cry about it. That part's definitely the dad in you. I mean, that's the only thought when he's out there on the pier practicing with it, trying to hit that post and have it come back. I'm like, man, he's just asking to chuck that thing in the water and never see it again. And then he's going to be stressing out, making a fake one out of some paper mache or something, try to pull it off as the real shield. But see, you're even thinking about that though. Like this thing, it never misses. It doesn't go off course by any, there's never a, uh, Oh, I need to take like a quick step to the right. Otherwise I'm just going to be out of reach of actually getting it. It's always well, just dead nuts on. We've right seen back him you. fail to catch it many times in this very same montage. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he ducks it and stuff, but it's not like, I don't know. It didn't, th- that initial kind of pass back and forth between the tree, between the two of them seemed like it was, uh, that happened before the, the parody, right? Or not the parody, but the montage rather. Right, <laughs> montage is almost say, parody to me at this point. So. I'm just going to say it's irresponsible to train in that fashion, Sam. No, at least set up a back net or something like a golf course. Yeah. Number twelve. Twelve. If you were to donate your time and money into fixing something for someone, so it could be sold to pay bills, would you then be pissed if they then just decided to keep it instead? Also, it's good to see that Bucky is still into brunettes. Cheers. Brock from Australia. I got to say, Brock, I think I'd be more upset the other way. Like, man, we all got to pitch in and help them fix this boat so they can go out and make a living. Feels pretty good to me. But we all pitch in for them to sell that boat and then have a big fat stack of cash that they walk home with and don't share with you. That would upset me. Yeah, I, I pick Sean had a, a similar question to this. I picked it for Sean because this is the most Sean cre- question I've read this week. <laughs> Where it's just like, I could only imagine you getting just so mad that you were like, yeah, I'll absolutely help you. That's that's great. We can help save the family. What do you mean you're keeping it? You're, you're what now? Oh, I could I, I just see his head popping off his shoulders. You're, you're not wrong. It would it would it would make me very upset. Only because it would feel like a grift. 
to me. I mean, you know, you're seeing their reactions and like the, you know, we still got to figure out what we're going to do. And look, I know that this is going to be hard, but we can still do it anyway. Like all of that stuff. I understand. But as someone who walks in, fix the boat, go home. And then the thing that you did all that work for was so that they could just keep the status quo. That would, that would, that would cheese me for sure. Just in my real life, I've had it the other way. Like so-and-so needs to get their car fixed so they can get to work. So I go over to there, pop up the hood. We get all greasy. We fix up that car so they can go to work. Then like the next weekend, I found out they just sold it and used the money to get a tattoo. That's what happens. (laughs) Oh man. I couldn't have sold this otherwise. I appreciate it. Like I wrote your name on there. I hope you don't mind. (laughs) It's on me forever. Uh, what are we on here? Now, 13. 13. On a scale of one to Rocky, how would you rate this episode's montages? And there are several. Rocky has the best montages ever. The first one. Um, it, it basically popularized the montage for the next 50 years. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, uh, what, what, you know what? Let's go, let's go seven on this one. Let's go. Or as I like to call it, Rocky three <laughs> seven's probably about where I was going to put it because like fixing up the community center is a solid five, mm-hmm. right? Like from breaking. Mm-hmm. So this is better than breaking, not as good as Rocky. So a six or a seven. Wow. I maybe again, I think I just found some uh, like a lot of things in this episode to be rather cheesy. And a lot of these, man, well, you really didn't like this episode. I don't know why, because like, this is like montages and stuff. I am usually all game. I'm all about it, but for whatever reason, it just, it came off clunky to me this time. I, I, I again, can't quite point my finger at it, but, uh, I, I'm going to rewatch all these episodes leading up to the final episode. Maybe I'll feel different as uh, a second time around. Uh, but I was just, yeah, I, I wasn't digging it this time. I don't know why. So you think this is more cheesy than a canon feature? <laughs> okay. Listen, you know, okay. Fair enough. But let me remind you, dear sir, that first blood was a canon feature. Yeah, but so was Invasion USA. Fair enough. <laughs> no, it's a better... Okay, it, I, I would put it at a three. If we're for on a one to Rocky, I'm going three here, which I think makes it Rocky five. Yeah, that's Rocky five. That's yeah. unfortunate. Well, I was thinking Rocky Balboa, but yeah. Uh, Rocky uh, Balboa 14. is better than five. Sure yeah, is. you're probably right, but... F- 14. <laughs> Did you wince with pain when Walker ripped Sam's wings off? I've been waiting for it to happen. I, I, I can't believe it hasn't happened. I was sure that that's what Thanos was going to do. And to have our dumb new cap do it, it's, uh, it was like, wh- he's the one because you, <laughs> it feels like something that you would save for like the big bad or something, you know, not somebody where you're just like, Oh, that dude, that dude's the dude who ripped it off. Okay. Yeah. So, and I know they're not physically attached, but just psychologically, it looked very, like, brutal and painful. Oh, and, and I, well, we cut to his face, like, screaming as if his actual limbs were just torn off. So, like, <laughs> I mean, they sell it to you 100% that way. They do. And I think there was, like, some sound, uh, something in the sound mix that sounded kind of biological yeah, instead yeah, it's of just, electronic. It's, you just, I promise you, they put whatever they normally have for br- bone-crunching sounds, that's in that mix there somewhere. I can almost guarantee you. Which, by the way, is a lot of times, like, sell being uh you know oh i thought they just fed someone raw chicken and filmed it or recorded it (laughs) my goodness uh you just got my brain off what are we on here 15 15, (laughs) oh man besides marsalis wallace's soul 
What else could be in that case besides the new cap costume? Oh man, I think this is an easy one. I think it's it's a new set of wings. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was uh, the the poster for uh, Captain Marvel two. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. It it would be unexpected. Just a bunch of uh, <laughs> chips for an Atlantic City casino that's no longer in operation. <laughs> it's the uh, I don't know. It's a, a burrito. Wasn't that in some movie where I don't know? It's been it's been uh, parodied so many times after Tarantino yeah. that it's kind of like what what hasn't been put in a, a case at any particular point. But I I think unlike Tarantino, we are certainly going to find out what's in that next week. <laughs> That's just a guess. I don't like calling my shots too early, but. <laughs> oh, that's a bold one. That's that's a really good one, I'm a, dude. I'm a, I think we haven't seen the last of Sam. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put that out here on the table right away. <laughs> Sixteen, Adam. <laughs> Who are all of the people coming out of the woodwork at the end to uh, join Carly? Are they just regular citizens? Well, we've seen it before. It's all these people on the app. Like, there's a phone yeah. app. And and that's and and they've done it once before. Right? They did it at the I, beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah in but France, I think. But they're all like these people are all out like just at Central Park or whatever. You know, it kind of looks like I that. I think I I honestly think it's their attempt to kind of give it like an anonymous spin. Yeah, yeah. it's like everybody's in it. There's a secret sleeper. Uh, there's a secret sleeper cell agent in everyone that you could possibly see. They just have to like, it's, dude, they would it, know at this point, man. It's what your grandparents think Antifa is. I Well, I mean, that's, but at least, but that's the thing. We know who a lot of those people were. The, these people, we got nothing. We don't know anything about any of these people. That's the hilarious part. It's like there's a billion of them, and no one seems to have picked up on it. Uh, as well, I imagine that they're all uh, people who weren't part of the blip. Yeah, well, we don't have a Brian Tyree podcast to uh, Brian <laughs> to to be able to tell us what's going on. Uh, what are we looking at here? Seventeen. 17. So Torres, you know, he gave the 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 disfigured wingsuit to Torres. So Torres is totally going to fix up those broken wings for himself right like they're gonna have a big sweeping scene of him soaring through the through the air while mr mr plays in the background well i think you're right i think torres is going to fix the wings but i think that it's going to be the trash men song the bird is the word oh Ooh, solid choice mm. very very difficult to choose i prefer one. the more literal choice <laughs> uh, I think there's obviously a good chance for it. Like he's he's shown at least at the beginning that he has some propensity to fix the wings and stuff like that. So supposedly he knows uh, enough of that. That's a nice little Easter egg that you dropped there in episode one to make us go, oh yeah, he knows how to do this. So, and especially given the uh, track record of the comic books, not a bad gamble. Yep, he'll also get bitten by a vampire were falcon on the way there. Oh man, we can only hope. Makes makes nothing but sense to me. I I think that if this thing was made by Taika Waititi, absolutely that would happen. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think it's that show. And somebody bites him, you know. Eighteen. My favorite bit of dialogue during this episode was, "Why didn't you use the robot arm?" And then Bucky says, "I don't always think of it. I'm right-handed." What was yours? Do you have one in the hopper there, Adam? That was it for me because I, I've done that kind of stuff a lot, and I am left-handed, so sometimes the world is more made for right-handed people than it is left-handed people. So sometimes it is weird when you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, my power hand is my left one. I should actually be using that one instead of the right. 
<laughs> I, I guess uh, a close second. I, it's hard to beat that one, Sean. But I think a close second was when uh, Val says, you can call me Val. Actually, don't call me that. I mean, like in your head or whatever. <laughs> that was a pretty good line. Like, that don't is. say my name out loud, but when you're thinking of me, think of Val. Here's the entire name that it, that it is. Just call me this. No, don't call me that at all. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, this one comes to us from Day or James, rather. James writes: Is Contina Va- Contessa Valentina? I said it right the first time. Is Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine? Wow, that's a mouthful. No kidding. Uh, Madam Hydra, or does she just appear in the upcoming Black Widow movie as an agent for Leviathan? That's from James Davis. Can I answer this like one hundred percent factually? No joke. Please. Yes, yes, and yes. Mm-hmm. So in the comics, she did take over the role of Madam Hydra for a while, and it is not a secret. I think you can check IMDb and see that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in the cast for Black Widow, a movie that we should have seen before we saw this scene. So that might make it feel a little weirder than it would have if everything was released as expected. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, but uh, I, I think it's kind of cool seeing, you know, this character that we know absolutely nothing about and we'll learn probably a decent bit more, I would guess, in that movie. I don't, and I James, don't I should direct you towards my YouTube channel. I made a video this morning about those two things. Just keep plugging away. I love it. <laughs> Number 20. What was Bucky going for with the empty gun and the bullet drop? I didn't quite I've get got one. I've got two words for you here. John Wu. Yeah, it's very it was very Wu esque. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yes, it is the best Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> I I like that to where he was basically just saying, like, look, I'm here. I could kill you. I have the ability to k- kill you. Not only like watch me literally pull the trigger, but you know what? I had, you know, the uh forthright of character to take these bullets out. So to let you know, I can kill you but I'm not gonna on account of I'm sparing you. Bruce, how are you feeling right now? Eh. Then my mental powers aren't working because you should be <laughs> uncontrollably vomiting right now. So oh, crap. I, I am. I, I have no mental ability, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Adam's right. It, it is that it, it is the, it, it is the, the show of power through no power kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the bullet drop from the ground level to hand, uh, I mean, that come on, it's, it's John Woo all day. I feel like it's one of those things that you do or you say, or you create to be really profound. But then when you have to keep explaining what it means, it's really not that profound. No. It'd be great if you looked at him and just went like, what's that about? <laughs> just leaves it there. Sean. I didn't expect Zemo to be recaptured so quickly. Did you? I've got two words for you on this one, Sean. Midnight run. Mm. Yeah. Love it. I, I figure we he would have been uh the the last episode would have would have ended up in this scenario here that we we would have had this this episode and a half then to be his like, you know, ride into the sunset of because uh, at this point Unless something happens in the next episode, which it darn well might, um, I, I don't know that we're left with a boy can't wait for Zemo again because it kind of left on a. Uh, I I have a feeling he's been taken into custody, but he's not yet incarcerated. You, you mean to tell me you don't think Zemo's got something up his sleeve to throw a monkey wrench into the works on that flight to the raft? 
It's possible, but you got to have a special. He does hate That's super Wakanda. soldiers. <laughs> he he hates super soldiers a lot, almost as much as I hate Mission Impossible too. <laughs> oh man, what a forget about Godzilla versus Kong. We need super soldiers versus Mission Impossible too. That's a movie that people want to see. <laughs> All shot in sixty frames a second, but played back oh, in twenty four. You're just sitting there for a week. It's just the best. No, I, I'm purely one hundred percent, and it may not even be in this series. It might come in play in some series three uh, series down the road. But I think we're going to get you know maybe not exactly all the the uh, quirkiness of the movie Midnight Run, but I think it's going to be an eventful trip. Yeah, I mean, but I guess my point is is like if you if you go that particular route. And don't kind of finish off whatever his story was in this one. That's a weak ending for for his uh, character. Well, I don't think it's the ending. I think it's just the beginning. I meant for this series. That's like for okay. for the last time that we see him. That doesn't give you like a oh man, I can't wait to be on the Zemo train again. This leaves you with like okay, that's where he's going. Their version of Arkham. All right, I guess. <laughs> sure. Like, I just I it, I feel like we may get one more final like uh, oh things didn't go exactly as planned or something I don't know. Twenty two. Twenty two. Uh, why the raft? The Wakandans most definitely have a far more secure and kick ass prison in which to put them in. That comes from Dave Fake Loney. Fake Loney. What's up, buddy? Uh, that is an excellent question. Because I, I, I'm guessing there's an extradition thing happening, but the Condons have already stated they don't care about that kind of thing. So I don't get it. I, I don't get why they're sending him back to the raft. It would seem like, no, no, he's going to face Wakandan justice, which should be a TV show. Oh, but my guess is, is that maybe like the Wakandan justice system is backed up a little while. And they just got to like sit him in there until they can get him to trial. Here's what I think. I think that Wakanda is such a utopia. They don't have a need for prisons. You just get kicked out of Wakanda. Like, like that's enough punishment. <laughs> they yeah. just give you the Chicago bum rush out the and, door. And, and then, then I've got another idea too. And, and, you know, most prisons include three hots and a cot. So if you take him back to Wakanda, you're paying for the nutritional loaf. He gets three times a day, but you send him to the raft. Somebody else is paying that bill. Nutritional loaf. All right. Mm. <laughs> 23. Both of you guys have sisters. Would you be annoyed if Bucky was flirting with your sister? With one sister, yes. With the other sister, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, with one sister, I would be like, well, that's the best That's the best boyfriend she'll ever have. With the other one, <laughs> with the other one, uh, she's too good for Bucky. But that's that, that's how I split it. It's it all depends upon uh, like how I feel about him because like my like my sister growing up through high school and stuff any guy that she liked I was just like I hated that dude I was just like no no I I know what teenage boys are thinking you just you, you get the hell out of here and then when she found who is now her husband uh, I I she was like oh I, I like Philip and I knew Philip from Guitar Lab in in school he's like a year younger than me so I was just like I knew him I knew his character well enough to where I was like yeah I'm okay with that. So I think it depends on the person and the character. Well, the that person you know. is Bucky in this question. I wasn't vague about it. Oh, well, okay, so if he's, yeah, I mean it'd be okay. Let's say he, if 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 her husband's out of the picture and everything, good. Yeah, same. Good for you. Take it. <laughs> I hell, I might take it. You know, he's a handsome man. 
I, uh, I if he can no provide sister, well, so I don't I can't care. Weigh if he, in. I don't although care. He's, although he's got to be the worst date ever. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He likes to play that drinking battleship game. That sounds pretty awesome to me. That's true. That is pretty good. 24. The raft of the Medusa is the giant painting shown behind Sharon Carter in the scene where she's speaking with Batrock on the phone. The painting is about the crew of the Medusa being left behind by the wealthy elite, leaving them to starve and die. So why the hell is Sharon Carter standing in front of that painting? What are they trying to tell us about Sharon? She's a cannibal because that's what they did on that ship. They all ate each other up. Well, some of them did. Yes. I think that she's given us plenty of reason to think she's a villain and, and it could go one of two ways. It could be that we're led to think she's a villain because she is a villain, or we could be led to think she's a villain. So it's a big surprise when she's not, I don't know which way they're going with it, but, but yeah, putting her in front of that, uh, Painting, you know, she had a lot of famous stolen paintings. I still haven't seen American Animals yet, but I'm working on it. It it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't just it wasn't this character. It was more about Zemo, but uh, she may be the quadruple cross I was talking about way back. Mm. She's good. No, she's bad. Wait a minute. Oh, we're not quite sure. Power broker, not power broker. Who's to say? Maybe know. she's working for Elaine. Could be. Yeah, she could be. Twenty-five tons of evidence has dropped between this show and WandaVision. What do you think the odds are that the Thunderbolts is a result of these series? I totally, I totally think it's going to happen. I really do. I wish I had your uh, photographic memory and the ability to recall questions from previous episodes because I thought I straight up mentioned this in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you have, but it, it but it came is, because you're far ahead of all of us in the in the brain department, Bruce. <laughs> Some of us dum dums like can't get up to the bar until a little bit later when it's explained to us like we're a bunch of three year olds. You're ahead of the game here. Don't think of this as like a people are ignoring me. Think of that as I'm smarter than all of these adults, and they're taking three episodes to catch up. I think I think it's going to happen. I think we're getting a Thunderbolts. I think we're going to get a Young Avengers. I think that this is going to continue on ad infinitum. I think everything that Disney Plus is doing right now and everything that Marvel is doing right now, sure, sure as hell seems like it's geared towards streaming television. And that would mean Thunderbolts. That would mean Young Avengers. It's all of the characters that you don't think will put butts in the seats in the movie theater. And I, I think that's how they do it. I can go with that. Yeah. Makes total sense to me. I, I feel like that's definitely the results of where we're ending up heading. And they're, they're just showing us all, all the, all the road signs here. And if you don't really know about some of those things, it's going to make it even more surprising to where you're going to look back and be able to go, Oh crap, man. They just, they laid this out from the beginning. Marvel's in, and they are giving Zemo just enough twist of sort of warped nobility that I could see him, you know, just like in the comics, the linchpin of the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see him run in that show. I just wish that he was wearing fuchsia everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. We're good. I feel like there needs to be something to where it gets to where his face is deformed enough to where he constantly goes to the mask. Do you think that that's a foreseeable thing in the future? Hey, I, thought that, he, I thought that Captain America deformed his face. Yeah, he knocked him in some adhesive X just like he did to his father. It was a little a little bit of recycling there. 
But yeah, that that was the case in the comics. But you know, maybe the uh, Dora Milaje will dump his face in something when he escapes, and that will be when he gets. Man, I didn't think I could be more scared of them, but that kind of makes me more scared of them. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, by the way, to punish you, they'll just boil your face in acid. What? They don't just kill you like a like insane person. They boil your face yeah. in acid. Jesus. Twenty six. Is Carly losing her marbles? Yes, she is. And I think that they need to get there. I think that they, what they seem to be bringing us towards the conclusion of this is that it's kind of like, and I know that we, this movie keeps coming up for the three of us for some reason, but it is falling down where at first you're you're like oh no i can totally see where this where this person is coming from but as as you learn more about this person you're like oh no that person's crazy oh no and i think that that's what we're going i think after she killed all those people in that building i think anything that happens with her after that is is she's she's going bananas crazy i think yeah and i think we really see her unraveling in this episode and then I'm wondering if they're going to go for like the parallel where next episode, we're going to see that Carly and John Walker have become basically the same, just with different principles. Oh, that's good. It's almost as if somebody said that all these episodes, I'm just saying, okay, let's go into uh, 27. <laughs> well, I, unlike you though, Adam, I actually brought it up that we've said this before. <laughs> Right. Whereas you're like, oh, I just came up with this through whole cloth. I, no, I don't. I never claimed that. I, I steal stuff from everywhere. Why do you think I, all the questions from the listeners are for me? I know I've already got a question planned for next week, regardless of how the episode goes. Oh, boy. <laughs> 27, Sean. Are you hoping that John Walker's shield is misshapen and weird looking and that every time he shows up somewhere, everyone has to pretend that it looks fine because they want him to feel better about himself? <laughs> I wasn't hoping it until I read that question, but now <laughs> I can't hope for anything else. Oh, John Walker with his very impressive shield. Very good job, John Walker. Ooh, we're going to just go ahead and put that right on the refrigerator over here so everybody can see it. You know how the vibranium shield has like that kind of, there's a tone to it that they give, a little audio cue that this is kind of a special sort of metal and stuff like that. I figure his is going to just sound like kind of whistling wind or something like that because it's not all <laughs> put together very well. Like a broken banjo string every time he throws it. It's, like, it's like a kazoo. <laughs> what's, the, what, what's that sound? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to fix it. I just, this is very last minute. <laughs> I love that idea. Uh, 28. This one comes to us from James. Will Sam's new Wakandan Falcon suit come with a new upgraded Red Wing? And thanks for all the great content, guys. James Davis. What an excellent question. I didn't think about it till I read this question. Excellent question. I hope so. That's my that's my answer, James Davis. I sure as hell hope so. I, I yeah. yeah, it needs to be like the... Uh, because we talked about it early with War Machine and getting all this super great stuff. This needs to be like his version of War Machine. Just give him all the things that he needs to uh, just get himself top-notch. Now, I don't know how much they'll lean into what the comics did when Sam got his Wakandan Falcon suit. But in the comics, Sam did get a, a Falcon suit made by Black Panther. And it had wings that were like hard light 
technology, you know, like basically holograms. So they could actually have sort of like a, I don't know that they do that with the wings, but let's just imagine red wing is like a hologram that has a personality, like how Jarvis was in the early Iron Man suits replaced by Friday later, Karen with the uh, Spider-Man suit. It would be kind of cool if he had somebody he could actually talk to while he's flying around up there. And maybe not so murderous like the first Red Wing. <laughs> no, the, the one drawback is for some reason he's extra murderous now. <laughs> this is really Red Wing. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a. I think it's a great idea. I hope all of this. It's. I don't know why I'm always you know worried about it, but I hope it just looks cool. That's all. Just make it look cool. And I, I don't necessarily need holographic wings. I don't know if we're quite ready for that yet in this, but uh, some sort of. Uh, vibranium wings or something like that. I'd be all about it. Yeah. 29. 29. I'm experiencing something rare here. I have zero speculation about the next episode. How about you guys? How about you? Uh, I have, uh, I, 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 I've got a big one here. Uh, I don't think we've seen the last of that Falcon. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like we're going to get enough. I think it's going to be a lot like WandaVision. We're going to get enough of the loose ends tied up, but we're still going to leave, you know, a few things left undone because clearly they want to go into more series and do more things. And even if it's, you know, to a tangential level, I think all of these shows in one way or another are going to be connected outside of just, you know, kind of living in the same world. Uh, so I, I feel like it's, I guess that's my only thing is I'll, I'll see a couple of things where I go, all right, they, they cleaned up this little mess right here, but left us enough for the next one. Because I, as odd as it seems, I, I just don't know that we're going to have a big, a big reveal, not, not, not like character wise or anything, but just some big final moment for this outside of, as I said before, and I'll still point to the stands and say it, uh, Bucky dies. I don't know. That's still where, that's the only thing that I can, you know. Well, I think I, I think that you're you're close here, Adam. I think that I don't think everyone's going to make it out of this this season uh, of all of these people, Carly and John Walker and Zemo and Bucky and Falcon. I think one I think one of these characters is going to die. And the reason why I think that is because we're on that progression, like something yeah. has to give and it's going to be one of these characters. I think maybe the easiest one to kill off is probably Carly. Um, but I think narratively Bucky's story has been told. Yeah. So, once he, once he go. finally makes the, you know, amends there at the end with the uh, old guy that we saw the first episode and everything, I think once we do that and he kind of figures something out, he's either going to go off into another universe or just keel off. I, I don't know, but I, I can't see him going, on too much more. We, but, we've got to keep people like, uh, you know, um, Baron on, on, on the roll and everything because they got more to do. But if Carly dies, I think it has to be one of two ways. Either she does something stupid that causes her to die. You know what I mean? Like she tries to make a jump that somebody tells her she can't make. Or one of her own people, one of the Flag Smashers, have to take her out because she's gone out of control. I don't think they can have any of the principals here kill her. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I agree with you. Yeah, it, it's it's too much weight on their on their like, heads. I don't even think they can have John Walker killer at this point because he's already killed. But I could be wrong. 
We'll find out next week. We'll find out next week on another episode. Uh, so that's it, everybody. That's another 30, 30 Sean. Oh, sorry. Number 30. You had me think it was the end of the show, Bruce. What the hell was that? <laughs> They've got a lot of ground left on this show and only one episode left. Do you believe they'll stick the landing? They'll do that thing where you land on like uh, two legs and one arm and then you raise your head. The superhero uh, pose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I think they're going to. Uh, at this point, we are at a time with Marvel to where whatever they want to do, I'm on board with it. I, I don't care what it is. Just give me like a quick, you know, quick sell of it so I know what I'm going in for and then just give it to me. At this point, I, until they start screwing up, I'm all on board. I think the an- the ending is a lot easier to stick for the Falcon Winter Soldier than it was for WandaVision because we don't have tons of wild speculation flying around. Like, like everybody already had the ending they wanted and, and not everybody had the same ending. So it was going to be impossible to satisfy everyone. I feel like this is a little more, people are just uh, taking it for what it is. So I think it'll be an easier landing to stick, which means I think more people are going to say, yeah, it was a good ending. Yeah. I I think that it's much more likely to have one that's unifiably enjoyed instead of, you know, one division. I think people were like, that was good, but some people weren't, wild about it most of it even i think this is different than that all right everybody that will wrap it up we got another 30 questions and one more of those set to go in the meantime bruce where we can find more of your work on the internet hey i already plugged it once please check out my youtube channel man if you like this uh 30 question show you'll probably like the flag smasher episode the baron zemo episode the john walker and Battlestar episode and then kind of the brief explanation on who countessa uh, Val is in the comics and, uh, you know, a little talk about how she was supposed to, or she will be in black widow. Yeah. If you guys need a lot of history on the back, uh, the back history of all these characters and stuff that are coming in here, Bruce just is laying it out there for you in such easy, digestible, you know, form. So, uh, check that out on his YouTube, Sean, what else? Hey, we have a podcast that we do every week called the hero movie podcast. And this week we we reviewed the Melissa McCarthy movie that's on Netflix. Check that out. And uh, and we've been on there for uh, I don't I, I I'm not good with numbers. Twenty five years, over seven years, over mm. seven hundred years of podcasting mm. service direct to you. Uh, so yeah, check out all that stuff and uh, my other show, The Film Find, uh, where each week I'm talking about movies and movie-related things. So uh, check out The Film Find wherever you find podcasts. That's it, everybody. Join us next week as we ask 30 more questions for this season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier for Sweet Chance Kovacs from the Internet, Bruce Leslie. I'm Adam Portress. Falcon Punch! A man walks down the street. He says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle of rest of my life is so hard I need a photo opportunity I want a shot of redemption Don't want to end up a cartoon In a cartoon graveyard Bone digger, bone digger Dogs in the moonlight Far away my well-lit door Mr. Beer Melly, Beer Melly Get these mutts away from me, you know I don't find this stuff amusing anymore If you'll be my bodyguard I can be your long-lost pal I can call you Betty, Betty when you call me you 